to come on up. This is a big day for Christopher. Do you all remember when you were in third grade? Online, do you remember? Can you remember that far back, third grade? Gio can remember. Gio can remember third grade. Well, here at Morningstar and in many churches, when someone enters the third grade, that person receives his or her or their very own Bible. So Christopher, oh, thank you, Owen. Yes, thank you. We, we give, we save, and we spend, right? Yes, thank you. Yes, if you look at this. Thank you. Don't worry about it. We give, we save, we spend, and we will put this money to good use. Thank you. So Christopher, any words of wisdom going into third grade? Have anything to say to us? <laughs> you know what? That's a very wise thing. <laughs> That's a very wise thing to listen. Hey, this is a Bible for you. It's, it's a kid's-aged Bible so that you can read the stories with your parents. I wrote a little note in there for you. There's a reminder of your community in here, and this is to help you grow in your faith. So here you go. Let's give Christopher a round of applause. Yeah. And let's pray specifically for Chris. I'm going to pray for you. You can sit your hand. You can extend your hand like this as a blessing. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for Christopher. We thank you for the joy that he brings so many. We thank you for his sweet and kind heart and for the way that he loves you and shows that love by caring for others. We pray that he has a wonderful year in the third grade and may this Bible help him grow in his faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so that was the first big thing we have to do today. In just a minute, can I say a few more words, Owen, and then you can have an opportunity. Okay, so we do want to make sure we talk about giving. We already talked about different ways that we can support our community, and a few friends have brought us some money. Does anybody else have anything to, to share as we're collecting money to help others? Very good. And what are our three, three ways of dealing with money? We give, we save, and we spend to help others. Thank you so much for participating in that and for modeling that for us. Okay, and so now we're moving on. And Owen, oh, this may be something that you wanted to talk about. We have these gifts. These, these gifts for you, they are backpack tags, and they're available for our friends online as well. If you need one, please let us know. You can put them on your backpacks. Who brought a backpack today? Is this what you wanted to talk about? Uh, you can buy these at the dollar door. Okay. Excellent. So may, may I see it? Owen, may I see it? May, may I see it with my hand? So if you need an additional tag, you're going to get one of these from... Morning, sir, right? But if you need an additional one, the Ghostbuster version is available at the dollar store. That's a public service announcement from Owen, okay? Okay, so let's go here. Take one of these. Natalie, can you read what that says? Can you read what the tag says? What does it say? You want to read it? Augie, do you want to read it? Okay, Christopher, what does it say? You are a star, shine bright. You are a star, shine bright. Did everybody get one? Okay, if, yo, go ahead. 
He's saying Matthew 5, 14. Yeah, it comes from the Sermon on the Mount because we are the people of Morningstar and we want to remind people that we were created to shine bright. So you all can have one of these and put them on your backpack. And if, if you know somebody who needs one, who doesn't have one, send them to me. All of you out there, your students and your teachers, we have these available to put on your bag so that you can remember that God is with you and that you're supported by the people of Morningstar too. So how many students do we have out in the sanctuary? Yeah. And how many teachers do we have out in the sanctuary? Yes. How many educators, staff members of the school? Yes. We, we are a community that supports our educators and our students. Yes, and your mom, absolutely. And, and that includes people who teach in the church as well. So we're so, so ready to start school this week, right? Yeah. And if you didn't notice, we have a, a photo backdrop in the gathering area where you can take your back-to-school pictures. Okay, so we have another chance now to say a prayer and to bless the students and the teachers. So I'm going to invite all of you out here and all of you on our online campus to extend your arms and your hands one more time to bless not only Christopher, but all of the students and the teachers. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. God, our teacher who helps us to understand the world around us, thank you for the privilege of education. You have blessed our communities with teachers who take new skills and concepts and pass them along to each new class of young people. God, who came as a child to show us how to be fully human, to show us how to be children of God, you have given our children minds that grow and develop in unique ways and at unique speeds, and we are astounded by that miracle. You speak to us through words, actions, play, and feelings of children. You call us to listen to the Spirit, speaking through our young siblings in Christ. We celebrate the beginning of this year, this school year, and ask for your blessings upon the children, educators, and families who support them all. And we do not forget that there are children and families and teachers who do not have the resources they need. When systems are unjust, the outcomes are unacceptable. Today, we remember those who are beginning this school year, those who have everything that they need to learn and grow in safety, and those who lack supplies and teachers and safe buildings and accommodations for all needs and abilities. We lift up our young people and all those who care for them and teach them. Open our hearts to what you have to teach us all year, and may these backpack tags remind all who use them and all who see them that you are with us. May we all be curious and kind, gentle and strong, brave and loving. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our God in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you all. Have a great year. I can't wait to hear all about it.
You may go with Miss Angie to the back for your next activity. reading from Matthew 5, verses 38 to 42. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer. But if, someone, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, Go also the second mile. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Lizanne. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson-Feltz. I'm the pastor here at Morningstar. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, that's Olivia. It's my daughter. The sounds of children are something that we give thanks for here at Morningstar. They are the future of the church. As Kathy said this morning, the word of the day is share. So you are invited, whether you are in this room or on our online campus, to listen for the word share or sharing and count how many times I say it in the message after this prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are a rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was five years old, I had the privilege of receiving a Smurf power cycle. Now, you may not be familiar with the Smurfs, but they were created in the 1950s by a Belgian artist. They are blue, tiny blue creatures that live in mushroom houses in the forest, and they came to popularity in America in the 1980s through their cartoon series that many children, including yours truly, really enjoyed. So I was so excited when my parents gave me this Smurf power cycle. We lived in an apartment complex at the time, and so I would ride the cycle on the sidewalk almost every day, and I would park it underneath the stairs when I was finished. So one day, I stepped outside, and I realized that my Smurf mobile was not where I left it. My parents helped me search, and we came to the conclusion that it had been stolen. It's a terrible feeling when you realize someone has riding choice, so peace be with you if that is the case. I am not seeking to reopen old wounds here. What I do want us to consider is that 
that connect quantifiable value on that connection, which is why it hurts so much when something is taken from us. And often it's not so much about what we have lost as it is about the audacity of someone else to take it from us. We feel angry. We feel helpless, vulnerable. And even if we have evolved a past, want, past wanting revenge or even restitution, we certainly don't want it to happen again. So we double down on our protections. It's nasty business, theft. It can destroy relationships and communities, which is why we find it on the list of don'ts in our Ten Commandments. Today marks the eighth week of our interactive summer worship series called Ten Keys, Unlocking Faith. And so during our time together, we have been connecting the words of Jesus with the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses and the Hebrew people after they escaped from slavery in Egypt. The Eighth Commandment is one of the simplest. Do not steal. You may have learned it as you shall not steal. Either way, it's so clear that we might think it doesn't need an explanation. But Jesus has much to say about it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapters, Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We read a part of that this morning in the passage that begins with, You have heard it said, but I say to you. Now, Kathy taught us a few weeks ago now that Jesus uses this, this word pairing six times in the Sermon on the Mount. It serves as a signal to the hearer and the reader that Jesus is about to flip an ancient teaching on its head. He's about to take a well-worn legal statement and make it personal. Make it not about the outward compliance of a law, but about the inward. The inward connection, the inward posture of the heart. You have heard, but I say. In this case, he begins with behavioral codes found in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. These are two books of the law, the Torah, two of the, the first five books in the Old Testament. Both of these laws are about evening the score. If something is taken, in other words, take it back. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? But that's the point. The teachings of Jesus are not reasonable. How could they be when they are about love and about grace? To love is to will the good of another. To show grace is to give something without expecting anything in return. What could be less reasonable than that? Love and grace, both are actions that take us out of the center of the situation so that we can focus not on what we need or even what we have lost, but on the needs of others. On what people need, even and especially if they don't deserve it. Because who really does? And so Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. Now, can you imagine with me for a moment the reaction of the people in the crowd when Jesus says, do not resist an evildoer? Can you imagine the quizzical looks on their faces? Can you hear the grumbling and the side conversations? What is he talking about? Can you feel the indignation rising up? 
Do not resist an evildoer. So Jesus continues with examples. Let's just say someone hits you. It may be reasonable to take the next swing. Don't do it. Just weather the next blow. Or if someone steals something from you, take that as a cue to give that person something even more valuable. Or if you've fulfilled your commitment with someone, to spend quite a bit of time telling each other what we should and should not do based on what we think the Bible says. Most of the time we're talking about things that Jesus never even mentioned, actually said. And we don't of us. But is it the worst thing? Isn't the war in Ukraine worse? What about the violence against our children in the schools? What about the fight for human rights and the demise of our planet and the tension at our borders? Regardless of your political affiliation, aren't these realities worse? Isn't this the true evil that we are called to resist? So you might be wondering if this awful list of things that are going terribly wrong in our world has anything to do with the Sermon on the Mount, and I would say no. They have everything to do with the Sermon on the Mount. Because we human beings, and certainly we Christians, we're getting this wrong. So let me be clear. I am not talking about tolerating personal abuse or exploitation. I'm not talking about turning a blind eye to systematic oppression or injustice. Those are the things we need to fight with everything that we are and everything that we have. What I'm talking about here and what Jesus is talking about are those moments of interpersonal conflict in which we allow ourselves to get so bent out of shape over things that don't actually really matter in the grand scheme of things. Jesus told us explicitly how to live and how to love by turning the laws of self-protection upside down and saying if someone takes unfair advantage of you, then use that occasion to practice the servant life and to live generously. Live generously. That is to be the Christian response to theft. Not locking our belongings away. Sharing. Sharing with others to the point that it is unreasonable. That's the eighth key to unlocking our faith. Now remember, a key for each week in our series is available for our kids. So kids and parents of kids, if you're collecting these keys, we have an eighth one for you. And this includes our online campus. If you're collecting the keys and you need another one, please let me know. But more important than collecting the keys is learning to use them use these concepts to unlock our faith, to put our faith into practice. And it's our job as the adults in the room to model this behavior. So this is where I wonder, what would have happened if my parents and I had given the Smurf power cycle to the people who stole it? We did find it, by the way. And we knew that it was mine. It was somewhere else in the apartment complex. And we knew that it was mine because of the scuff on the nose from where I took out a taillight in a pickup truck when I had an accident because I didn't hit the brake. So we knew it was mine. We found it, and we took it back without a word. They took, so that it became not a crime, but a gift. Would a friendship have developed? Would we have grown in our faith 
it's difficult to know exactly what would have happened, but it is something to think about for our sake and for the sake of our children. We want our kids to share, but we also want them to know why it's important. Not stealing and even sharing are not just about being polite. They're not about observing social conventions. Jesus was not always polite, and he certainly did not care about social convention. Sharing to the point of living generously is about pointing people to the grace of God, which just happens to be our mission here at Morningstar. And it takes practice, the practice of the servant life, as Jesus says. Don't just give generously. It can start with something like donating items for hygiene kits, like this. And many of you did this, and the, the children put these kits together today. And so thank you. Thank you for taking time to donate items that will help the United Methodist Committee on Relief help people who are experiencing disaster of many kinds. Thank you for taking time to look at that list. This morning, we're going to take some time to make another list, each of us, as we prayerfully consider what we have to give that others might need. And that's what these green cards are about. I do believe I have one in here somewhere. I might have dropped it. And what do I have to give that others might need? We could be talking about possessions or money, but we could also be talking about time. We could be talking about skills. We could talk about our own practice of faith. And I'll give you an example from my own life. I have realized recently that my children need my calming presence. Many of you have told me, and many people have told me for many years that that's something that I offer, that I am often the most calm presence in the room. My children do not experience me that way. It's funny. But it's also sad. And it is something.
thank you for taking time to participate, whether you're on our online campus or here in the sanctuary, asking these questions. What do I have to give and to whom? This is a practice that we can continue as we cultivate a life of generosity. Like anything in faith, sharing to the, the point of living generously takes practice until we're no longer giving out of excess, but giving when it feels like it costs us something. If only our pride. And let's be honest, we could all stand to lose some of that. Because what we stand to gain is worth so much more. Amen? Amen.